Hello, and welcome to the E-Team Podcast. These are conversations with ministry and marketplace leaders from across the country that provide insight and encouragement. For more information about this podcast and any and all resources provided by the E-Team, please check us out at eTeam-inc.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of the E-Team podcast. These are conversations we get to have with ministry and marketplace leaders from across the country in hopes to provide you great insight and encouragement. And in this episode, we pick up part two of a conversation that we were having with Mr. T.J. Terry. T.J. serves currently as Director of Operations and Communications at Waters Edge Church, a multi-site church serving the communities of Yorktown, Newport News, and Williamsburg, Virginia. If you're just now tuning in and you missed part one of this conversation, we want to encourage you to go back and listen to part one as TJ speaks about his days at Apple and what it was like to be on the lead team that introduced the iPhone worldwide and then transitioning into local church ministry. And so we now pick up part two of a conversation with Mr. TJ Terry with Water's Edge Church. Man, so where are you at now? Like in this season, um, now we're what, seven, eight months? I can't even, I'm a little lost track of time of how long we've been into it now. So we're about seven, eight months into it. Yeah. What does Water's Edge look like? Number one, now um, maybe some shifts of what it looked like before. What is your leadership role? How has it shifted? How have you pivoted? Um, and, and then even more like, Man, how are you clarifying? Because we're now we are volu- we're asking different things of our volunteers. We don't maybe not have as many on on our staffs on you know throughout the week and things like that. And yeah, I mean that's a, that's a lot in one question. But yep. yeah, how have you pivoted? Um, how's your role shifted? What does the church look like today? And how has it changed? And then where are you clarifying for your volunteers and oh, your yeah. staff? So um, yeah, first and foremost, if you were to describe our model. Mm-hmm. Prior to really for us, the first Sunday was March 15th of 2020, but our model before, um, and, and it's not changed. It's, it's just, like you said, it's, it's a paradigm shift, but it would have been the in room live experience. So one of our values is we live for Sunday. We live for Sunday. We still live for Sunday. Um, but, um, it was, we get you in the building we create a great experience for you. We get you in that room. We create a great experience for you and we create systems and processes to, to invite you to return. Right. But it was all about in the room. We didn't even do a live stream service. Um, the next day we would edit the, the content of the service down to, to, um, to a video that you could watch on demand later on. And, you know, the average week we'd have, you know, less than 200 for sure people go to YouTube and watch that, that edited video. And, um, and so an interesting decision we made this time last year was, um, we were, we're a multi-site church. So we take pastor Stu's message and we put it on a disc, um, hyperdeck, and then we would drive it to our other campuses every Sunday. And so we had a service at eight o'clock as our kind of a record service. And then our nine thirty and 11 o'clock services at the other campuses would be, would a driver would show up at nine o'clock, drive it to the campus. And, um, and so we, this time last year employed, um, a new system to resiliently stream the service live to those campuses without the need for really a nineties type, like a floppy disk, almost technology. (laughs) But the intent was just to take a, create a more efficient process and not to have to have a record service 
and instead have key services live at the right times. Right. And we knew the capability in the system was there to go live online, but it didn't fit our model. Our, how does that get somebody in the room? How does that get somebody on the campus? It, it didn't make sense, right? And so I remember on the 12th of March, having a conversation with our lead team and all of us acknowledging, hey, we cannot think of a scenario where this Sunday we don't have service. And then everything changed. I mean, on a dime, everything changed. And so I remember sitting in an empty building at our Yorktown campus. That's our broadcast campus. And there was no, I was the only person in the building. And I was just there to make sure the network didn't fall down because we were streaming service live through the tool that we put in place, I mean, six months earlier, not knowing we would ever need it for the thing that we did. And it took a ton of work that week to get it where it needed to be. But we immediately pivoted to an online only church. And we were that way for three months. Um, and it was, it was a ton easier than the day we opened the doors physically. And so I know right now out in church world, there's a lot of churches that have said we're online only, or they're, we're going to prioritize the in-room experience. We might still provide an online tool, an online way to connect, but it's not who we are. And a few churches have said we're fighting for both. And unfortunately, and I say that jokingly, that's us. We value the in-room experience, but we also, we, we want to create an online experience that someone who can't or won't, um, participate um, physically um, has a really great experience yeah. and it's really hard um, yeah. when one camera has to capture a perspective for the person online but can't get in the way of the perspective of the person in the room it's a whole new world for us and so the big pivot March 15th was how do we without the in-room experience um, help our community so we did something um, unique, I believe. And we, we went from putting our foot on the brake a bit as, as I think some churches felt was best to putting our foot on the, a second gas pedal. And we actually launched an initiative called COVID care 757 and 757 is the local area code. And the initiative was, we believe our community needs care right now. And so we put money into it. We put a website dedicated for it, put a, um, you know, a campaign together to say, if you need rent, because you lost your job. If, if you need medical care so that you can do this, if you need, if you need, and we actually put about three months, I mean, really March, uh, April, May into caring for the local community because that's what our community needed. Um, and that was a way for us to say, Hey, we can't welcome you in the doors right now. But we can come to you. And so we created a partnership with Riverside, which is the largest health facility. I mean, it's right here, right next to our Newport News campus. Um, And we did so much for um, the medical workers who were really the champions of that early season for us, Um, came alongside them, gave them food, fed them, um, gave them masks, tried to do everything we could to just, what do you need and and meet that need? And, um, and so that was a huge pivot for us. And we've always been a mission mindset, uh, a community outreach, a community benefit church, but we flipped the switch and it became the thing that we were doing. Um, I think the second thing we did is we looked at social media as a, as a, as our front door. Right. And, um, we, at the beginning, we're still doing it. And I think we'll continue to, I mean, we produced, um, content live or pre-produced content, um, about 15 times a week, not including Sunday morning. And so early on it was people, people can't go to the gym. So one of our camp, one of our campus pastors is a fitness guy. And so he was doing workout sessions and one of our, one of our, um, employees is really great with regards to 
you know, parenting advice. And I did a session on how to become a social media influencer. Um, we all jumped in in any way that we could to, to try and be the church without, without a building being the constraint by which that, that happened. And we're, we're still doing that. Um, and then we, we drove hard on an online campus, you know, and there was a tension. And we, we're still managing that tension is, is not an online service, an online campus. How do we become a church without walls that does what we believe church is intended to do? And that's more than just watch the service. That's volunteer. That's give. That's be in a group. Have, have be shepherded and discipled. And so we put more energy and built more volunteer teams in the last seven months around basically a giant, I mean, you know, we're probably seeing um, in on the Sunday of almost 2000 people on our online campus over yeah. a week's time, about 8000 people participating in what we do online. Oh. And um, I mean, that's a giant startup church. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's that's that's been a pivot for us to a significant degree, too. And I think the other part, what, what we've had to do since reopening is um, we've had to redefine the win. And so I was, we were just this week working on being future minded. And right now, one of the things that's happening is, Hey, I don't think we're creating a great guest experience because we're not doing coffee or I don't think we're doing a great guest experience because we're not letting people, um, hang out in the lobby. And all of those are examples of we're not winning because we're not doing it the way we used to do it. And so, you know, what we've, what we've talked about is, um, you know, our legacy, the way we've done things for the last 17 years can either be our luggage or it can be our baggage. And if it's our baggage, it keeps us from being great tomorrow. If it's our luggage, we can take it with us as we go. Mm, And so just saying, Hey, we've got to stop thinking about and preparing for the past. It may never be what it was before March 15th. We've got to do instead is say, how can we be great tomorrow and the next day and the next day? And I think the last piece, and you said this at the beginning is, you know, I've been doing this 11 years. Our lead pastor has been in ministry for probably 20, 17 with his own church built from the ground up. And this is the first season for, for him, the first season for me since being in church. I don't know is the best answer I've got for most questions. Like right now we're budgeting for 2021. I don't, I don't know what giving is going to be like. Um, when's a, when's a, uh, an inoculation or a vaccine? Is, is everybody going to take it? Is the winter, like people have been saying, going to be an escalation for, and are we going to have to close down physical gathering? And, you know, we were in a conversation just yesterday about Christmas services. Mm. We don't know, right. you know, uh, how we, how we do it, how we keep it safe, how it can be great. Um, and it's hard. And so I think you've got to run in leadership. You've got to run the tension of, is it fear or is it wisdom? And if it's fear and that's keeping you from making the decision that you need to make, that's not good because God's not afraid of anything. Is it wisdom that is that that whisper, right? That that's telling you that's not a good decision. And so we are consistently asking ourselves, is fear keeping us from making the right decision? Um, or is this, or is this a, a wisdom thing? Um, and it, it's really, it, it takes leaning on, leaning on your relationship with God, leaning on your relationship with Jesus to discern the difference between is that whisper, maybe the enemy trying to get you not to do what the kingdom needs to move forward. Or is it, or is it God saying, Hey, I'm this, you won't know that this is going to be a problem, but I would, I would encourage you to consider it. So, yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man, we could do a whole nother podcast on, I, I would love to, uh, <laughs> I'd love to know how you raise those volunteers up for that special online campus when you're not even in the building. And that's, we may have to continue that or maybe somebody <laughs> wants to reach out to you and talk to you about that. <laughs> but, but I mean, man, the one last question and um, you've given us so much value um, already. Um, but to kind of close this out, um, what's a piece of advice or an encouragement that you would give um, to the to this next three people? And we we'll kind of classify them as um, to that young, inspiring leader um, to that marketplace leader who is out there like similar, like you had in your role at Apple uh, and you were being called into the ministry and you felt this pull to ministry. And even like you said, you said no in the very beginning. Um, What kind of advice or encouragement or insight would you give that marketplace leader who's feeling the call to go into ministry? And the last one, um, maybe the leaders, especially during this time, they're just kind of on the edge of just throwing in the towel and giving up. Um, So let me recap, young, inspiring leader, marketplace leader looking to transition to full-time ministry and maybe those leaders that are just on the edge of burnout. Yeah. The young leader, um, is a hard, is a hard one. Um, and I don't feel old enough to give advice to young leader cause I am, I mean, with a, almost a 23 year old son, I'm definitely old enough. Um, it would be, it, it would, maybe it's twofold. Have a mentor. Um, another way to say that is, know that 10 years from now, you'll know how little you knew back then. (laughs) And I was just talking to a young leader um, this week who's hungry, smart, and um, and such a valuable part of what we do. And and I said, I know you're, you know, you're in your thirties. And when I was in my thirties, I really believed I knew everything. And, and I felt like I was, I was in my sweet spot to just be certain and go and do in my mid forties, I didn't know anything. And I know less now. I'm certain of less now than I was at 35. And I think that's wisdom. Um, the speed of knowledge is fast. It gets faster every day. The speed of wisdom is slow mm-hmm. and you got to take it day by day. And so if you have a mentor, somebody who's 10, 15 years further down the line than you, you won't like half of what they have to say, but they're probably right. Um, and I think you'll be a leader beyond your years, which is a really easy thing to say that people are, um, because of how they carry themselves really hard to do, but, but put that mentor in your life, someone that you trust, ideally someone who's not in your sphere of influence so that they can, they can really let you have it when you need it. And I've been fortunate to have those people. Um, I don't know that it's helped, but, but it's it's definitely (laughs) advice that I would give is find someone at least 10 years beyond where you're at. And listen to the the wisdom that can come from the, the experience that only can be gained over time, for sure. Yeah. Um, the marketplace leader is interesting and, and um, it's really important. Um, if you're a, a leader of faith, you're already doing ministry. So that call may not be step out of the job you're doing and into this one. And I didn't know that. I didn't feel that. I didn't understand that when I was at Apple. Um, and so God calls us to ministry right where we are. And if you think for a second that you're going to be great at ministry, but it becomes your avocation. If you aren't a minister in the work you have today, you're wrong. It's the same disciplines. And so if you're, um, a restaurant owner, or if you're a, a corporate middle manager, or you're a corporate executive, um, that's your ministry. And, and are you stewarding your 
flock, your, your, the people that God has put in your life really, really well. When I let Apple know that I was going, um, I was shocked by how few people knew how important faith was in my life. Mm. And it wasn't because I was living in conflict with it. They would say things like, I knew you were nice for a reason. I had no idea that faith was such an important part of your life. And it was because I didn't feel safe to let them into that part of who I was. And I didn't see, I thought my ministry was live a great life, live an example life. And that can be a part of it. But I I didn't see my, my role over a whole department, a group of people that were highly influential young folks many times as my ministry. And I look back at my first few years in, in avocation, in, in vocational ministry, um, and, and really felt like I'd, I'd missed a giant opportunity to move God's kingdom forward in a really material way, um, as a, as a source of influence in their lives. And me just saying, I don't feel like it's safe was my excuse to not do what, what I was absolutely placed there in part, in part to do. So, so you're already in ministry. Uh, there's no such thing as secular and sacred life is life. Um, and you've just got to minister to the person that's sitting right across the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, if you're worried about the words, God will give them to you. Right. Um, so that would be my second, second piece. Um, I will also say to that group of person, it's not easier. <laughs> if you're stepping out of the corporate world and regardless of what you get paid and how many hours they say, it's just as hard, if not harder. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one, fatigue, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not a, a guy that, that does this thing I'm about to say very well. So maybe this is for me more than anything. Um, Sabbath, you got to do it. When work is consumed, um, when, when Sabbath is work, then you've got to create another discipline for you too. And I did that. I did that really poorly for the first nine years, maybe 10 years, um, of, of my ministry life. Cause back in the day I worked 80 hours a week and I volunteered for my church. So I just met, smashed those both together. Um, and I, I, I spent years learning the lesson I used to call my, I considered myself a gardener by trade, not and what I mean by that is that my Sabbath is my work, right? Going out in the garden and making it beautiful is my work. That's not, it's, it's a beautiful story, right. but, but God calls us to Sabbath and it's more than just about that, that Sunday experience. And so I would encourage them to say, if you aren't doing it and if you're telling yourself you can't, you're wrong. Um, choose one 24 hour period. Um, where you, you, you reinforce to yourself and to your family, you're more than the work that you do. Because God loves you more than the work that you do. And so for me, it's sundown Friday night to, to, to sundown Saturday, not midnight sundown, because I usually got stuff to do Saturday night to get ready for Sunday. And so the sun goes down on Friday. I'm not, you know, TJ, the church employee. I'm just TJ. Right. And my wife needs that. And my boys need that. And my soul needs that. And it really helps to keep in check working with God, not just working for God. And, um, I also would encourage, you know, I think it, the, the monks call it the daily office, but would encourage, I'd find 15 minutes every day to do that. And so I do that in the morning. Um, I get in before when I'm in the office, I'm in the office before anybody else. I've got 15 minutes to listen to, to music that replenishes my soul. And, and then I'm in the, in the word doing it too. And I found to do it before anybody else shows up, gives me the best chance to be the Christ-like leader that I'm called to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I've got 15 minutes a day, one day a week. Um, but Sabbath, yeah, 
That's good. Yeah. TJ, we cannot thank you enough for taking time to, um, to just share, man, share your heart. Um, you're a high level leader. It's very apparent and you're just, you're doing a great work, man. And I just appreciate you using your gifts, your abilities, talent, um, to lead people and, and to just grow people. I mean, it's very apparent of what you're, you're giving away, what you've been given. And, um, a little conversation that you and I had before we even started the podcast today, um, was the fact that you said, like, you just feel like the Lord is just was preparing you for mm-hmm. something that you didn't even know that he was preparing you for. Um, and that's, that's so good, man. So thanks again yeah, for taking time and sharing this, this great information and insight and encouragement. And so, um, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me for sure. Thanks again for listening in. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For any and all resources provided by the E-Team, please visit us online at eteam-inc.com.